For Mental Health Friday with Mushy Tatro and Jay Paul here on KTOE, 10 o'clock hour every Friday. We talk uh, mental health issues with Marcy Tatro, who is a local mental health provider at Nystrom and Associates. But, uh, you know, we like to involve all of our uh, area people, like uh, referrals like uh, Prairie Care and uh, Mayo Clinic and Journey Towards Healing. And, you know, you can call the South Central Crisis, uh, Crisis Center hotline at 507-344-0621. There's the Veteran Crisis Line uh, at 988. Actually, the uh, that's the nationwide uh, crisis line, 988. But the veterans can call it and then dial 1 after that and get to talk to an actual veteran who knows your issues maybe a little bit better than uh, most folks would. So that's out there, too. Or you could text 838 838- Two five five, and now my co-host Marcy Tatro. How you doing today, Marcy? I'm not too bad. I'm excited to be here for another Friday. Yeah, it's my favorite day of the week. And we have guests today. Yes, we have the excited best. to have. Well, we have the best guest today. So yeah. I'm excited for this. So welcome today to our talk show. Um, if you are a first time listener, let me give you a, a play by here on what the show is about. We are countering mental health stigma, um, addressing barriers to getting access to care and suicide prevention. So. Um, we are here to help the public as we don't have enough providers uh, in the state of Minnesota to help uh, to fit the needs right now. So we are here um, just as a as the local community that care about people and doing the right thing. And how can we best help support people that are struggling? And so this really this show really is a is a resource to the public. And it runs the gamut from kids to adults to veterans to everybody. Mm-hmm. And so actually today I'm really excited because we are doing a kickoff for mil- our military. Um, portion of the show that we love, we love to help veterans, and so, um, and also create awareness in the public on how to support our veterans. Um, so today is our kickoff for that through the end of May, uh, specifically um, with veterans are with Memorial Day coming up. So we have a couple of local announcements. Um, if you're a veteran and you want to see a military-specific counseling agency, we have ASC Psychological here in town in Mankato. They do a great job. Um, and also you can contact or walk into the Blue Earth County VSO, which is the, the Veterans Service Office, and they also have access to free therapy for veterans. And okay. so we want to talk to Mike McLaughlin about that. Where you going, Mike? Yep, and we're going to have Mike on the show, too, coming up, oh, so I'm cool. really excited yeah. about that. And he's going to talk about the new policy about um, veterans that are exposed to the burn pits oh, yeah. in Afghanistan and That's Iraq. They problem, now yeah. have access to claims and benefits sure. uh, for any type of um, repercussion to that exposure to the the Good. Pits. Yep. Yeah. That makes a huge difference. And they also will serve any veteran that walks in the door. So that's good to know. Um, we also have a, a online moral injury training. Uh, Rachel, we've had her on our show previously. She's a VA chaplain down in Florida. And so that's coming up in May. If anyone's interested in doing any online training, it's a free event. Um, but they will be having some uh, trainings on moral injury and helping veterans and learning more about that. Okay. So that will be coming up. I'll share more as the time comes up for yeah, that. Nice, yeah. Um, but today, let's let's get into our guests that we have today. I'm excited for this. Uh, I met Ben a little while ago. He's one of the coolest guys I know. He's very chill, and honestly, when you're around him, you feel like you're the you're safe. Yeah. He always has this vibe that no matter what happens, and he's right by your side, like nothing's gonna happen to you. Cool. And yeah. uh, 
I've enjoyed my conversations with him, and he seems he's a, he's a good stand-up man. And so when I talked about doing the radio, he was the first to volunteer and say, I want to do that. I want to come on and talk about. Yeah. So one of the coolest guys I know who is chill and has a motorcycle, and it's like our <laughs> lo- own little maverick here in town, but on the Army, not the Navy, we have Ben. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Ben. We got our your theme song here as a, from Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry, I know it's not the... I know it's not the Army, Ben. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Ben. Uh, good to meet you. And thank you for your service. So we have a live show, so it's not scripted. So this is exactly on cue, it, or it's not on cue technically. And so it's it's not scripted. It's genuine. It's from the heart. It's authentic. And so Ben doesn't actually know what we're going to ask today. <laughs> that's the surprise. Part, um, yeah. But that was that, that's kind of part of it, right, Ben? Yep. It's... It needs to be that way, I think, to be honest. Yeah, and I love that about you because that's actually our show is that we really want to convey being authentic because we think that's more powerful than something that's scripted. All right, so Ben, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and where are you from? Um, Well, my name is Ben Jones. Uh, I served two tours in Iraq in the U.S. Army Infantry, and currently I live in Mankato, and originally from Iowa. You're from Iowa? Yep. Oh my gosh, what part? Uh, Fort Dodge is oh, my hometown. Oh, that's okay. cool. cool yeah. You know, Iowa's God's country. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah, Field of Dreams coming Costner, <laughs> oh, yo. that's true, yeah. Yeah, I always wanted to go. I love Iowa. Sorry, Ben. So maybe that's why I love you so much. You're a good friend. Um, no, yeah. thank you for serving, and that's a big reason why I'm having you on here today, because I'm going to show you at the end why. So you'll see, but... Um, We'll be thanking you for your service in a little bit here, so that's why I'm not saying that right now. But um, what what made you go in the military? So we're going to back it up, folks, and we're going to try to paint a picture. Go back, you know, memory lane over 20 years ago. I think the initial reason that I decided to join the military was because I had a family that was very heavily military-influenced. And at that point in time, in in my direct family, we didn't have any anyone in that representation and then also you know as soon as 9-11 happened and and there was a need for it then that only spurred me further to to want to mm-hmm. chase that down and feel like it was my role something I needed. how old were you in 01 when 9-11 happened oh I was 19 so you were old enough to go yeah okay go ahead I'm sorry so, so after 9-11 hit you felt called <clears throat> to go into the military well, yes. it spurred more of the desire that you already had from the family exactly. aspect. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, so you went in the Army. What uh, You were in the infantry. So how, lo- how old were you when you headed into, like, Iraq or Afghanistan? I was 24 the first time I went to okay. Iraq. All right. Is so, there anything you can tell us about your experience in Iraq for some people that might not know? Um. Well, I just, I don't people understand the culture shock that takes place when you engulf yourself in a different country like that and then the drastic difference between living your life there for a portion of time and then having to come home and sometimes relearn some of those cultural differences and things Mm -hmm. like that. So when you went there, what were some of the biggest shock things? Was it like the culture? Was it the weather? I mean, was it like all the sand, the heat? Well, it 
I mean, it's in the desert. Yes, it gets very hot. I also don't think people understand that uh, during their winter season, I mean, especially at nights, even in the desert, it gets freezing cold. Oh, really? So I didn't know. I don't think yeah. people understand that part. And that's so you kind of have to be ready for two different climates. Yeah. Did you guys, I mean, did you freeze or did you have enough stuff to, to keep you kind of warm or were you like always kind of cold? No, they, we had warm, we had warm and cold weather gear issued. Okay. And before I went there, I had no idea why they were giving me this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like, what? Why do I'm I going, carry I'm, I'm going to the desert. Why do I need a blanket? Exactly. So, yeah. And then, the, of course, there's the people there, too, that you meet along the way when you're doing your, uh, your daily routines. Yes. And you have to interact with foreign languages. And were you taught any of the languages that you were uh, dealing with? Yes. I, I'm able to speak some, some Arabic, but it's very broken and not affluent. Because if I'm right, it wasn't all fighting, and, and you interacted with villages, and you had to talk to people and maybe even help them a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What kind of stuff did, what were you helping them with? That's uh, the one thing that sticks out in my mind that I think uh, was very rewarding is we got to stop in a small village, and uh, we actually got to take a break from, like you said, the combat role portion right. of things and help out. And it was just trying to... Uh, reinforced that we're here for their community right. as well. Yeah. And we were able to uh, deliver a wheelchair oh. to a lady there that was in need. And nice. I yeah. think that was probably the most rewarding thing I got to do. That's pretty course. neat. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So how long were you there in your first deployment? Uh, I was there for a year and a half. Year and a half. Is that standard or is that typical for infantry? Uh, it's I mean, they typically schedule them out for a year, and then it was extended, basically. Mm -hmm. I know so, some people got extended. My brother was one of the Minnesota Guardsmen that got extended back in 2005, 2006. Okay. Um, was there anything that happened there that you felt like sticks out in your mind that, yes, that was something that still lingers in your mind? Is there any moments like that? And you don't have to go into detail, but is there any moments that you think – of that kind of still bother you or resonate on your mind today? Um, yeah, I, I, re, I relive a lot of situations with, uh, like, roadside bombs and ambushes and things like that. That Yeah, they do stick with you. And it's, you kind of, you say, we call it nightmares, or you know, but you're reliving that, really. Mm -hmm. it's, and that's all it is, is... It's completely reenacting re it, but you're asleep. Kind of a movie-like? Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. But it feels real in your mind. Right. Yeah, when you wake up. So when you came back, did you... Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about this when we come back from break, but since it's kind of coming up at this moment, did you come back and get diagnosed with anything? Um, I came back, and I spent a very long time in a very dark place where I just... I wasn't ready to accept help or open up about it or or talk about the fact that uh, there may be something wrong. Yeah. And so I just lived with a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression for a long time. And it negatively affected everyone in my life, to mm -hmm. be perfectly honest. What, what helped you kind of get through that? Um, my support system, 
definitely stepped up and helped me out with a lot of those things. But also, I think uh, noticing the detriment to loved ones and things like that, that were, you know, that's something that I can prevent. Mm -hmm. That became more of a, a wake-up call for me in a way yeah. of seeking help. So when you were going off and being deployed, when they did a, a kind of like, a, not a debriefing, but kind of giving you like, this is what might happen in the military, or this is might what happened, this might be typical responses on deployments. Did they say anything about when you come home, you might have these reactions? They they do a good job of making that known, but I don't think it's very tough to understand that through words. It's You have to live it to, mm -hmm. to understand it. Well, it's really interesting because I was going to talk about this on second segment too, but it's it's on here, um, at least for me, I have a list of questions, at least a loose leaf, that uh, sometimes people don't know this, but in the field, is, in the field, and I was going to go in the military back in 2013. I was going to go in the Air Force for, to be in the Med Corps as a, to work for suicide prevention in the military. That there's a conversation, at least this was back when, and um, that to ask you, to ask a person to go through war and to come back and not have a reaction is kind of, uh, it's kind of been, um, it, it, it's, it's not really practical or reasonable because you're asking a human to go in and do things that, a normal person like myself, I, I couldn't do it, you know? We're going to talk about this because it's really real. Like, it, it's scary to think about what could happen. And so the the adrenaline and the high stress for the optimal warrior, and, and there's this is out there, and you know what I'm talking about, Ben, for a warrior to have optimum, optimum um, performance, your heart rate has to be a certain level, and if it goes above a certain level, then that's when you can have, like, um, uh, psychosis and, and uh, from a mental health perspective, things can happen. And in World War II and in hand-to-hand -hand combat, there's these things that have happened that the public isn't always aware of that have, wasn't either published or publicized because it, and either they're afraid of the stigma or they didn't want that to get out. But in World War II, there's actually a lot of troops that actually suffered from psychiatric casualties during war. And when you don't share that with, with the current guys and gals in the military, it does come back making you think like there's something wrong with me. When in reality, the PTSD, and this is, a, again, a conversation in the field, and we have Dr. Camaradas coming on in April. He might talk about it more. But we're asking you to have a normal reaction to an abnormal event of her, yeah. you know, of the context of war. Mm -hmm. And so in reality, what we're, it's, you're having a stress reaction or everyone's having a stress, a stress reaction, which is appropriate to what we ask you to do as our, for our country. And so part of that is people have to understand in the public that we're asking you guys to do things that we ourselves want to, but we're also asking you to be normal after an abnormal event, right? So it doesn't make sense. And that's why the field of mental health and some specifically that work with veterans and military and, and warriors, we're asking to call it more of a PTS, like a, just a, a post-traumatic stress reaction versus a disorder because it happens to almost a lot of different people will have flashbacks. And it's, it's part of the warrior mentality and part of what you go through. Have you ever talked about that before or heard anybody say that? Absolutely, and, and I completely agree with you. I think that uh, some of the difficulty behind seeking help and things like that is you want to be proud of your service, but you also don't want to be proud of some of the things that were necessary within that service. 
So that struggle is kind of a constant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and we're going to talk about that. We have two minutes left of air, but we're going to come back. Um, thank you, Banks. I think you're hitting the nail right on the head without going too much into the details of things. It's like the winning awards, getting pinned for things like the, the pinning ceremonies, for things that sometimes veterans will say, well, I didn't deserve this medal. Like, I didn't deserve it. I didn't do anything. Or I actually, my, my, my buddy died, you know, during this. And so I don't feel good about this award. You know, so we, we hear those stories and it makes sense because we are proud of you. But then the event of what happened, you might not feel good about it because of the nature of whatever it had occurred. So. Yeah, well, and it's each of those awards, it's funny you mentioned that because it's, I can almost tie an event to it. Yeah. That would be a reason to, to maybe not enjoy that as much, so. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Right, yeah. Yeah, and that makes sense too. Like that each one of those one of those events might cause more of the the nightmares as well. All right. Well thank you, Ben. We're gonna go to break and then we'll come back. Yeah, we have one more segment with Ben here, and uh, of course we can uh, recap some of those numbers and places that you can go for help if you need it, uh, not just for veterans, but for everybody, kids and everybody. It's uh, Prairie Care, there's Mayo Clinic, Nystroman Associates, Journey Towards Healing. Call the South Central Crisis Center line at 507-344-0621 or 988. That might be the simplest way to go. That's the National uh, Suicide Prevention Line, and it's also a Veterans Crisis Line because you can dial 988 and then press 1 and get uh, hooked up with uh, a veteran just like yourself. And you guys can uh, talk about the things that you need to talk about. It is 1028, and it's news time on KTOE. Back on Mental Health Friday, it was Martha Tetro and Jay Paul here on KTOE Friday mornings, 10 o'clock hour. Talking about issues of mental health with uh, trained mental health professional Marcy Tetro. And uh, she works here in, locally. And from here, we found out all about Marcy a couple weeks ago, born and raised in the Medelia area. She's a local girl, made good, helping people any way she can. And uh, with the help of uh, places like... Um, uh, Nicerman Associates, Prairie Care, Mayo Clinic, Journey Towards Health. There's uh, the 988 National uh, Suicide Prevention Line. And also, uh, if veterans need uh, somebody to talk to, you can call 988 and then press 1 uh, when they answer. And uh, you'll get uh, uh, taken to uh, an actual uh, veteran such as yourself. So you can talk about those kind of issues. And speaking of veterans, we have Ben with us today. Our guest, Marcy, go ahead. Whoops, let me turn your mic on. There you go. All right, welcome back. Um, so, again, for if you're just tuning into our show, it's about when you find yourself falling off that yellow brick road and you realize that there's not a certain path to happiness, there's not a golden road, you know, it's not. There's not? No, no, no rubies, <laughs> no diamonds, unless you're the queen or now the king. Okay. But, um, you know, for a lot of us, it, it's not like that. So we find ourselves in these spaces. Um, and so, Ben, we were just saying, and thank you, uh, Mallory, she um, kindly, I uh, couldn't get out with my words, but what I was trying to say is like we're asking our veterans to have a normal response to an abnormal uh, event, you know, and it's, I think it's, a, it's not fair to our veterans because I think it adds this more stigma, right, on the veteran and getting help um, when it's actually something that 
we should be doing that for every person that goes to war, talking about the impact of, on the body, the brain, and the psyche, and, and actually go over from World War II. This is what happened to our veterans in Vietnam. This is what happened. This is yeah. what happens from the just from going into the situation. And so I think when we can share about what happens physiologically to yeah. the body and to the brain and to the psyche, I think that would that would help. What do you think, Ben? I agree. I think uh, that stigma that you'd mentioned led to my hesitancy and in the way of getting help just for that reason. And it's it became an issue where I put myself through a lot of suffering that was not necessary for a long time because I was so reluctant to, to mm-hmm. seek that help. Yeah, and on break, folks, when um, this is, I think, a, a neat part to know about Ben because it speaks a lot to his character and his heart. But can you tell me a little bit again? Uh, we were trying to figure out the dates. So you went active duty uh, 2004 in the Army, and then you took a break. So give me the gears. So you, you went your active duty 2004 to – do you remember when? Okay. Um, so uh, it sounds like Ben had taken a break. Um, and then he came back and went to college, and then um, he went back in, and they called him back up. And so that was an interesting transition, I bet, going to college. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Where, it, it, he locally here, or where? Well, I went to uh, South Central. Oh, okay. And yeah. it, funny enough, the same time that I got my uh, that I got my diploma mailed to me. Yeah. was the exact same day that I got the recall letter. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, okay. So, Two big packets so, of mail. <laughs> so ben, was, ben, was, ben had served his time already, had been on deployment, and then he came back, went to college, and got out, finished his time, and then he went back in, right? So it, it speaks a lot to Ben's character that he went back in and then was done in 2012 uh, after his second deployment. So, uh, so you came back. So when you came back, did you feel different physically and emotionally after your two deployments? Definitely. It's, uh, I spent a lot of time hyper aware and very tense and I was always kind of looking for something to go wrong. And that led to a disconnect in the way of interacting with people socially and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, because I'm not completely invested. I'm busy trying to watch your back 10 things going on in the environment. Yeah. To make sure nothing would happen to you. I take it right. Right. Your safety type of thing. So with that, when you said that you suffered a long time, was that you suffered a long time? Was that something that you felt like you were withdrawing, withdrawing from people and isolating? I think that did occur. Yes, there was a lot of withdrawal from myself going on. But it's when you're in that type of place and you're not w- ready to receive support, it's it can be a very lonely, depressing situation, and. I think that's another, you know, big thing to touch on is that you can only be supported if you want to be supported. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I think that's actually uh, it's important things we talk about a lot on our show. Like, if you're feeling alone or if you feel like you need help but you don't know what to do, how can somebody reach you? So when you were at that path and when things are hard, what helped for you to accept something or what changed? When, when someone had reached out to you or how did that occur? Like what, what was the, the shift? Well, just like I'd mentioned before, I think if you, you need to want support before you can seek help. And 
accept support. And that for me was just uh, having to stand back and see, you know, some of the negative things that were going on with loved ones and things like that. And it just, it was a wake up call. You know, it was, it was enough to say, wow, there's, I really need to do something about this because it's not just affecting me. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think what soldiers try to do in general is take all of that on themselves. But my realization came when I realized that I could not take all the negative effects by myself. It was affecting other people, my loved ones and family and friends. Ben, I know it takes a lot of courage for you to share and I can see it and thank you. I know that this is not easy talking about this on the radio and I also know when you're suffering alone in silence, it, it, it impacts you on such a deep level, and so it makes it harder to talk about. And on the other hand, it is so powerful because when you can finally get that release and have somebody tell you that they still love you and they care about you, and no matter what, they stand by you, it's the most amazing thing. So I want you to know that from the radio and from the, the public, and as your friend Marcy, I stand by you, and we thank you for your service. And we're going to stand by you no matter what else happens. And we're going to stand by all our veterans. So it's, 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 it's a powerful thing because we, you need to know that we all, we're all in this boat to help support, support you because we're, we're a country and we do this because it's our, not because it's our duty, but we do it because we care about one another. And this is what our veterans deserve. Yep, and so I just, I want you to know that you're not alone, and this is something that just, it happens. But I think you coming here and talking about it and helping somebody else that might be in the same shoes is so instrument, uh, instrumental because the, the message doesn't come from me. Sometimes for veterans, it has to come from another veteran. And so right now, if a veteran is struggling, what, what is something that you might be able to speak to or what's something that you would like to share with them if, you, if there's a veteran uh, listening right now who might be struggling? Um, honestly, I would have to say my entire journey with this started with, uh, I contacted Mike at the Blue Earth Veterans Services, Blue Earth County Veterans Services, and we connected right away. I felt like he was somebody I could talk to, and he turned me on to so many resources that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. And, and I, I think just having that come from someone that I do know has the same experience and has fought through some of the same things okay was a big deal That's yeah awesome. you're talking to a, a someone from your own uh, world there you know yeah he, another another veteran another yeah. combat veteran uh he's mike's a marine and so we'll have him on the show but i think that you know that also talks about how the band of brothers right you can only talk to guys and girls who've been through the same um thing and so i know we you know that's a huge part of veterans is that the the loyalty between the brotherhood is really strong and the women are included in that so, Ben, one of the couple of things I, w- I wanted to share with uh, our listeners is that you are a really great guy, and one of the things that um, Mallory and I often talk about is that anytime there's something, you know, that might happen, we want you by our side because we always feel safe. And you have this calmness to you and this, this assurance that, like, nothing bad will happen, at least to us. And so, as a friend, I always enjoy talking with you. You're funny and great, and... I just, I've enjoyed, you know, you being in my life personally, and so I appreciate that, and 
uh, like again, when I talked about coming on the show or when I first started t- talking about having a mental health talk show, you're like, Mars, you should do a podcast. Remember? Mm-hmm. You had said that. I do. And so I, just, I appreciate your support and coming on the show and um, when this was a very beginning thing. But uh, no, thank you for your service. And like I said, we stand by you and whatever you need, we're here for you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks because I think you, uh, you'll never know maybe how many people you've helped today. But know that you have, because we have a lot of good listeners in this area who are, there's a lot of military in this area. So uh, maybe you made them take that first step, and maybe they can call Blue Earth County uh, Veteran Services as well. That's a tough thing to do, to pick up that phone and call. Mm -hmm. But then, like you said, once you got in there, it was easier. Yep. Thank you so much, for Ben, for sharing your story and taking the courage and sharing uh, the unspoken and unnarratable. And coming here today is very powerful. So thank you for all that. Well, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we have a closing song here. Let me move this up here. I have it in the wrong spot. Here we go. A little simple band from Skinner to play us out and into MNN News here in a couple of uh, minutes on KTOE. Thanks for listening to Mental Health Friday. We do it every Friday morning at the 10 o'clock hour here. And thank you to all our military that served and to all our veterans. So thank you for what you do. Our yeah. country owes you.